The goal isn't for it to be perfect. No, not at all. The goal is for us to understand biofeedback, know how to interpret it, and mitigate some of the repercussions of less than ideal biofeedback. I say this over and over, and I'm going to continue to say it until it sinks into every woman in the world. Your body is not something to be fixed. It is something to be understood. And biofeedback is a brilliant doorway into a better understanding and therefore a better connection with our body. Hey, I'm Jess. I am obsessed with all things nutrition, science, and helping you navigate this information while maintaining a deep sense of peace and empowerment in your body. I'm a registered dietitian who started out with an eating disorder and then absolutely fell in love with learning about how God intricately designed our body to be resilient and so much more than superficially beautiful. I'm now a mama who loves to be healthy, not because of how it makes me look, but because of how it has transformed the energy I can give to my family, friends, and you. Here on the show, we hit on real talk around the latest nutrition science and body image resiliency, all while balancing it between grit and grace. Think of this as your weekly audio coffee to encourage you in your empowered eating journey. This is the Fuel Her Awesome podcast. Okay, I want you to imagine when you were a little kid and you walked into an amusement park. Do you remember seeing all the rides in front of you, all the different options, and just being totally overwhelmed with curiosity and excitement? We didn't have what we have today as an adult where we filtered the rides based on how they would make us feel. So for example, a couple years ago, we surprised our kids and took them to Disneyland. It was so epic, by the way. We dressed them up, told them they were going to school, and then like last minute we said, wait, wait a second, you're not going to school. Where are we going today? And we surprised them. Ah, it was so cool. So anyways, we took them to Disneyland, and I remember walking in there, especially the uh, Fantasyland area, and the teacup ride, like the infamous teacup ride, and my both my boys were just over the moon about it. They're like, I want the blue one, I want the pink one, you know? And my initial reaction was, absolutely not. You couldn't pay me any amount of money to get on one of those teacups because I know how it makes me feel and I will be sick the rest of the day. But I will gladly stand here and encourage you guys and take pictures and smile and wave every time you go around spinning like a crazy person. (laughs) They don't have that yet. And they, I love that curiosity. And every single ride we went on in Disneyland, they approached it with that same level of curiosity. They didn't have fear. They didn't have nerves. It was just this pure and innocent, like, what are we going to get out of this ride? Now, if I think about going to a theme park, the goal isn't to, you know, go on every ride and get off and say like, oh my gosh, that was epic. That was amazing. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. No, the goal is to try every single one and figure out which ones are your favorite. So you know, which ones to go back to next time. My friend, biofeedback and the world of understanding biofeedback is very much like this experience. The goal of biofeedback is not perfectionism. It is not to be perfect. The goal is to understand it. And the only way we're going to understand it is if we experiment and we try different rides. And guess what? Sometimes we're going to get off and it's going to be like the teacups. It's going to (laughs) suck. And that doesn't mean you failed. That doesn't mean you did anything wrong. It just means you have more information and you have a better chance of choosing an option that better serves you next time. Okay, so in today's episode, I'm going to be breaking down how to better understand biofeedback and use the results we find from looking at our biofeedback 
And I wanted to talk about this because it actually has come up several times in the Empowered Eating program. Folks are going in there learning about biofeedback, but like attacking it with the same level of perfectionism and all or nothing thinking that we would approach a diet. So I mean, tap back into your old self. You know, like when you would try something new, you'd be like, all right, you know, this is the last time I'm ever having this cookie (laughs) or this is the last time I'm having this bagel for breakfast and starting tomorrow, it's only protein and fruits and veggies. Like we get extreme on this stuff, right? And when we pull in that perfectionism, that all or nothing thinking, it just sets us up to fail. And I've noticed that if we're not careful, we can pull that same mentality into understanding biofeedback. To keep us from doing that, what I want to do today is share one of my favorite tools. I have so many in my toolbox, but this is hands down in the top 10 list, and it's actually its own exercise inside my program, but I'm going to share it with you guys here today, and that is the idea of psychological flexibility, and so what this means is being able to assess the situation and adjust accordingly, according to your current capacity, what you have going on before or after the immediate moment, and how will your action now impact future you. For food and health, this means getting through the bad days and continuing to take care of your body regardless of how you feel, what's happening. This is where some of that commitment to your long-term goals like can stay present despite the discomfort that you're feeling in that moment or maybe the inconvenience of trying to carry out your goal, this is where it happens. So there is a very simple formula for psychological flexibility, and this is actually rooted in something called acceptance and commitment therapy. ACT therapy is kind of a newer spin on cognitive behavioral therapy. They're very different modalities, but I would say they're they're probably the most similar of all the different ones that are out there. And ACT is something that I absolutely love. It's very values-driven. It's helping you understand and practice mindfulness and being in the moment. And it's also action-oriented. So this comes from the ACT model. So the formula for psychological flexibility is this. It's three things. Are you ready for it? Values plus mindfulness plus action. If we can practice these three things in the middle of a stressful or triggering circumstance, or in this case, when we're looking at biofeedback, it can keep us out of that all or nothing mentality. So let's look at an example. One of the things that I always look at for biofeedback is my exercise and my movement. I know when I exercise, I am in a better mood. I have more energy for most of the day, not all the day, because sometimes workouts are hard, and I sleep better. I also feel better in my body. There's a whole list of things that follow how I feel after exercise. However, in order for me to fit in the kind of movement movement that I like to do, I have to wake up really early to make it happen. I've told you guys this before. I wake up at a crazy hour. I wake up at 4.15 a.m. The reason it's so early is because I do need that transition time. I value that transition time. And in order for me to fit a workout in, I need to go at 5.30 in the morning. So voila, that is why I wake up at 4.15 a.m., have my one hour of sit, prayer, intention setting, and then work out from 5.30 to 6.30 to be back home and do all the things. This is my routine and I feel really, really great 
when I do it. Now, if I were coming into this with a rigid mentality, I would never stray from that, right? Like I would hold on to the biofeedback I get from movement and say to myself, Jessica, you have to get up and work out every single day because these are the results you get. You feel better, you poop better, (laughs) you have stronger muscles, you sleep better. Like the biofeedback is very clear. When I make this happen, I am a healthier individual. That's what the biofeedback says. But if I pull in this psychological flexibility, what it does is it leaves room for me to assess the situation and adjust accordingly. So let's look at my PMS week, which just so happens to be right now as I'm recording this for you. (laughs) During my PMS week, I have a couple nights where my sleep is generally off and I'm also incredibly fatigued, incredibly fatigued. My energizer bunny levels are not where I like them to be the week before I start my period. So this is a part of biofeedback that's not so great, right? Like when I don't sleep good, I'm exhausted. When it's the week before my period, I'm more tired. And I do know that if I get up and I move my body, I actually feel better. So I I know that. However, I am human. And there are some days that I just don't want to get up. And here's where the psychological flexibility formula comes in. If I look at my values, my, my values are family, faith, impact, and fun. And if I force myself to go to the gym when I'm not feeling it, when it's not fun, when it impacts my mood because I come home and now I'm grumpy and too tired for my family, it impacts my impact because I'm just not as creative or bubbly the rest of the day because I'm so tired. I need to reevaluate. The mindfulness piece is considering, being able to consider my values like the bigger picture than this present moment and look at how exercise or maybe sleeping in supports those values. And then also being able to be present in my body in that day, noting that, you know what, it's okay to take a rest day. It's okay to not be so crazy disciplined about it because guess what, you're going to get there tomorrow and you're going to do an awesome job tomorrow. Or maybe you're not, but you will get back to it because it is a normal part of your rhythm. So I'm a lot, it helps me stay mindful and present. And then I can choose my action. I've put everything in perspective through my values. I've been present and mindful in my body in this moment. So I know where I'm coming from and I can make a decision on how I want to move forward. If I have a long day ahead and I want the extra energy later on in the evening, I'm probably going to skip that workout in the morning, snooze my alarm and go for a little walk with my dog instead. Or maybe I decide to go and take it a little easier than I normally would because I know I'm more fatigued. But either way, there's flexibility in the plan. So this is an example on the exercise front, but you can take this and apply it to food where you can be flexible with it. Here's another really quick one that I want to share with you that pertains to food. I have a specific Chinese restaurant that I absolutely love. Like it just... Even thinking about it, like my mouth is watering (laughs) and the idea of eating it with chopsticks out of the carton just gets me excited, especially if I can sit on the couch and watch my favorite TV show, which Emily in Paris is supposed to come out with season four soon. I cannot wait. So my biofeedback when I have this Chinese food is terrible. I have gas. I don't feel good. I am bloated. I do not feel well. I'll just say that. If I were to come into this with an all or nothing mentality, I would tell myself I'm never allowed to have this Chinese food again, but that's just not who I am as a person. Like I can't 
I can't. <laughs> I don't want to, nor should I have to give that up for the rest of my life. Because again, that biofeedback is not something to perfect. It's just something to understand. And so now I know that when I decide to have Chinese food like this and I'm like, okay, this is my, oh my gosh, I wanted to say guilty pleasure. But like there's nothing, this is just crazy how deep diet culture runs. Like I was about to say guilty pleasure. There's nothing I should feel guilty about, right? Because I'm making the executive and informed decision to have this Chinese food. Anyways, (laughs) if it's a night that I decide to indulge and have a great time and enjoy this Chinese food, so be it. But I understand what follows that and I'm okay with it, right? I can explain it, maybe balance it with some extra water, (laughs) maybe not have quite as large of a portion. There are ways I can mitigate some of that negative biofeedback, but I'm not requiring myself to maintain a perfect level of optimal biofeedback the rest of my life because this girl wants some Chinese food. (laughs) It's the same for some of the biofeedback that we get when we're stressed. You know, stress plays a really big role in our sleep patterns and our gut health and to think that we are forever going to have healthy poops is just crazy we can do a lot to take care of it we can understand there are certain probiotics we need to be on when we're more stressed out or maybe we need to adjust our fiber intake you know there are tricks we can definitely add to it however to put this expectation that we're supposed to have perfect poop for the rest of our lives is just crazy Am I the only one that talks about perfect poop? <laughs> Is that something that's like only a dietitian thing? I don't know. Let me know. <laughs> so all of this to say, my friend, as you go about your journey and you dive into the world of biofeedback, which is so empowering and so enlightening, I want to invite you to check your all or nothing and perfectionistic tendencies at the door. They do not serve a purpose here because we need to walk into this world of biofeedback like my kids walked into Disneyland with nothing but curiosity and you know if they they did get sick actually after they got off the teacups they did not feel well but they weren't upset about it they were like that was awesome next time I'm gonna do the blue one (laughs) again they kept this like lighthearted spirit because as a whole they knew they were in this wonderful place and it was going to be a great day we can carry that same mentality into the world of biofeedback as a whole, we trust our body. Our body, I believe this to my core, it was beautifully and intricately designed by God. There is so much detail inside your metabolism and how your body functions and balances itself. It's incredible. We can lean into that faith. We can trust that. We can trust our creator who made our body and know that it can handle some things that are not always ideal. It can handle some Chinese food. It can handle a teacup ride. And, you know, after I have my Chinese food, honestly, even if I don't feel great, I'm like, that was awesome. Kind of like the teacups. See, it's funny. We just all choose our own, like, choose your own dangerous adventure. The teacup spinning or Chinese food. (laughs) Whatever it is for you, though, you understand it. And so I want to invite you to pull in that psychological flexibility formula where we pull in our values first. We practice mindfulness in the moment so we can see it clearly and then make an empowered action moving forward. And that, my friend, is psychological flexibility and it is so incredibly powerful. If you want to dive more into this world of biofeedback, I love, love, love doing this with 
everyone. You can find more on the Empowered Eating Method over at JessBrownRD.com under courses. You can learn more about working with me as well in one-on-one sessions. But at the end of the day, this is a much more, I don't even know the word for it, sustainable, powerful, empowered, forgiving. I mean, there's so many good words to describe it on how looking at biofeedback will change how you manage your health. When we put down the scale and switch to this world, it is so much more fun. And then when things don't go as well, you can be like my kids, get off the teacup ride and be like, that was awesome. Next time I'm going to do this differently. (laughs) All right, friend. I am wishing you a blessed biofeedback day today, but if it's not, I'm hoping and praying you can pull in that psychological flexibility to move forward. I will see you back here next Monday. Until then, cheers and happy eating. Gosh, I'm so glad you joined me today. If today encouraged you, would you take a minute and encourage me by leaving a review for the show? I read every single one of these reviews and your words, they mean so much to me. This podcast is here to support you weekly, but it only scratches the surface. To learn more on how you can become an empowered eater, snag my free workshop, how to eat intuitively and hit your goals without obsessing over food at JessBrownRD.com. Don't forget to join me right here next Monday where I cannot wait to fuel your awesome. Cheers, my sweet friend, and happy eating.